0: Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's podcast interview with Ray Lowe, SVP and CIO at Altimed Health Services. In this segment, Lowe talks about how his team adjusted to provide better telehealth training for providers, what Altimed is doing as part of a broad technology uplift that started in 2018, and the qualities he believes are most important for CIOs, both today and in the future. And as far as the frontline workers, the providers, with all the changes that they're going through, how was your team able to kind of stay on top of that and provide the assistance they needed? Because I can't imagine that was simple with such huge changes.
1: So my point of view on that is, that's like we're talking about a patient-centric mobile first strategy is, you know, originally we were doing more of web-based type training, our providers, we were asking them to use our admin time in, in order to, you know, really learn what, what we are doing from a televisit perspective or what was the COVID-19 fast lane or how we were doing things. But we weren't as effective as we needed to be. So mm-hmm. what I did is I actually had my EPIC training team go out and work in the clinics with the providers so that they actually had more of the hands-on because all this distance training and distant learning, it doesn't always work. And then, as we are introducing more disruptive technology, in particular, like televideo, how do you do that? We actually selected two locations as our centers of excellence. So, a televideo, it's not as easy as it sounds. It should work like magic, but any type of video meeting, where do I click? What do I do? What's the experience looking like? Oh, I have the wrong monitor. The camera's not being established so we actually built out two centers of excellences and two of our clinics where they primarily do the televideo type of visits so we can actually have best practices defined and then be propagate mm-hmm. that broader across the organization
0: okay okay so a whole lot of communication has to be going communication, on but training, not just any support right right but there also have to be the right processes in place things have to be filtered to the right people and is that something that Will you feel like you had the right um, processes or structures in place for that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, again, everybody was very dynamic and yeah. you know, it's all hands That's on deck, right? During the pandemic, how are we adjusting things, how are we modifying things? So we certainly did make some workflow changes. You know, I, I think we're still tuning them. I think we're getting better at understanding how we want, again, like the televideo to work. So I mean, we're just going live now. We're you have the ability or we have the ability now to send out the link through my chart for the patient to please join now, which is a much more patient satisfier versus having the mm-hmm. patient click here in a waiting room. So it actually now tells a patient the provider is ready to see you and you go into your instant visit versus click here, wait, and then you get dropped into a room. So we're looking at how do we, again, continue not only making it easier for the patient, but how to make it easier for the provider so it's as seamless as a face-to-face type visit.
0: Okay. And as far as some of the initiatives, projects being planned, were there some that you did have to put on hold?
1: Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. We are going to do a a unified communication program, so that got Mm -hmm. um, slowed down. We actually went through the the needs versus the wants in there. Mm -hmm. So we had actually launched a CRM product in the first quarter. That got slowed down a bit as well. Um, We're looking at some other system replacements. Again, those analysis stopped really looking and focusing on the care delivery. The video integration, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of work. It's hard work. The patient engagement strategy, again, this is new and it's what people are expecting that needs to be incorporated. And you want that, again, to be integrated with Epic so that, again, you have that whole care uh, record around there. We also had probably had to slow down some provider productivity. So we did deploy HIPAA compliant texting using Cortex, but then we also slowed down our Improvata tap and go around there. So we did prioritization of where and how do we need to help the providers, you know, for the patients. Yeah. And we're going to pick some of that up into 2021, as well as doing more ambient voice type of activities. Okay. So
0: you've mentioned mobile first a few times. So this seems like a really core part of the strategy, especially going forward.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, care to where the patient <laughs> wants the care.
0: Yes, exactly. So uh, backing up a little bit, you talked about some of the work that was done to modernize IS, and um, just wanted to talk a little bit about that and really kind of how you approached that.
1: Okay. So I guess from a technology perspective, it's, it's where you're kind of asking you know we had a data center of corporate offices in here and it was a little bit messy we needed to, to really clean it up and, and part of what we we're doing from an enterprise perspective ultimate went through a really explosive growth before i got here 10 years they doubled in size in that time period around here and i came in to really bring an enterprise approach in there so we actually did a pretty uh, wholesale replacement of not only the whole network mm-hmm. network switch routing but also in the data centers We had acquired another facility, which we did a build out, which we now are doing our HA active-active load balancing between our two centers. They're about 40 miles apart from each other. That gives us that additional redundancy resiliency out there. One big project we had was a big firewall. Migration was happening actually when the pandemic hit. And, you know, through our partners, we were actually able to accelerate that firewalls to um, accommodate all of the virtual remote workers or we would really have been shut down in terms of the activity around there. So we did, from the compute perspective, went to hyperconverged Infrastructure, UCS, as well. We use a, a mixture of Cisco, primarily Cisco. We do have a little bit of Palo Alto in our framework as well. In another division of our company that I oversee is we actually uh, implemented a managed care solution out on Amazon Web Services, and that went live actually about a month ago as well. So we did a very broad technology uplift. Uh, we're not finished, but we're probably about 70% of the way there, but we'll, we'll keep moving through that one also through 2021.
0: Okay. So when you came in, it wasn't necessarily that something was broken that needed to be fixed, but it was just a matter of really preparing the organization for where care is headed.
1: Yeah, I I would say that um, I was brought in, the organization wanted to move towards a more modern EHR and went through a physician-led analysis back in Mm. 2018. I got here on January 28th, 2018. So uh, and I met with the COO, (laughs) I think February 1st, and she goes, Ray, we need to evaluate our current emr solution and we did get through the board in may and i said well that's a big ask around but we did right. we actually looked at epic cerner and athena in that analysis mm-hmm. and we had a physician-led analysis we presented it to our executive governance committee and we had board approval in the middle of may i negotiated it quickly with epic so we actually completed negotiations within two and a half months I think that wrapped up around August 16th, and we went to Epic UGM on August 26th. Again, this is uh, 2018, right? And then we yeah. went live August 1st of 2019. Some of the wins for us in there, again, because we're a community health center, and fortunately, we were able to have our own instance of Epic. So we're very yeah. blessed is um, from Epic Systems. We're the first US healthcare company that went live with their social care platform, which is used within our PACE area prior to that, so that was one of our, uh, our big first wins. Uh, some other wins that we've had with Epic as well is, uh, I mentioned briefly about the language translation, ability in your yeah. televideo visits. A lot of folks are kind of calling the language translation line and, you know, they're putting two phones next to each other so that they can hear each other, around them. Yeah. but actually now we're able to invite the language translation person, so there's a body in the meeting and the patient can see the interpreter as well as the provider at the same time, which is much richer. And even the texting out of the, your video link is now ready is brand new development that we've been doing at Epic that again, is we're going live with that and we go broadly with the next year. So we've had a lot of firsts, I think with Epic. Moving ahead, Epic has the Prepara portion on the social determinants of health. So, you know, we're looking at how do we leverage Prepara with either Unitas or Aunt Bertha. As we again look to address how to best serve our patient populations that may need some assistance on the SDOH side as well.
0: Right. And with some of these where you're going to be first or really early adopters, is that something that, that's done before in the past? And is that a, a route that you like to go or does it depend on circumstances?
1: You know, I think the answer is, the answer is it depends, to be honest with you. My diet partner, is Dr. Eric Lee, and um, Ed Marks did an uh, interview with us just a, a couple of weeks ago on, on the strong position, uh, CIO, CMIO, Diode Partnership. And I think it's, it's our joint thought leadership that, you know, helped us get there. But, you know, the path has been defined by many other folks ahead of us. I mean, Kaiser has done a phenomenal job Stanford. And even going to Epic UGM, they, they show you the art of the possible around it. The, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. tell you how to get there. But the 2018 UGM, they said, this is where your digital roadmap should be. And say there are you know, 12 things along there. So they tell you what you need to do, but they don't tell you how to get there in what order. Unfortunately, you know, we, we followed their lead. And we actually have checked off about nine of the 12 you know in terms of our digital transformation around there. We still need to incorporate symptom checker. We need to do some more analytics work as well. Uh, we need to go to open scheduling, but that's coming in terms of kind of our epic path. And there's other communities out there, like the Chime Network is great. I belong to a nice group of CIOs as well. Joel Benko, Bay State, Aaron Murray at UT, Patrick Anderson at City of Hope, and other folks that we, you know, I'm able to ideate with them and have you approach us, what are you doing around there, which helps make some yeah. of the, these decisions easier because we're a mid-sized healthcare company versus, you know, some of the larger groups that have very large innovation teams that are going through all the thought processes yeah. around there.
0: Sure. And I guess the other uh, key factor here, though, is that this is really, you know, a direction that you want to be going anyway.
1: Yeah, you know, this is business-defined outcomes Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that that need to be defined. I think for a modern CIO, you know, knowing what technologies are being adopted across, you know, different industries and how do you incorporate them into healthcare, you know, is really, you know, what consumers is expecting. And that's what we're expected to do and what we should know wow. how to do around there. So uh, there's some risk involved in it. There absolutely is some risk involved in innovating because we've innovated very quickly uh, over right. the last year. Again, if we went live with Epic August 1st of 2019, and it's a breathtaking amount of technology innovation that we've actually pushed out that has been adopted, yeah. you know, but it's kind of a calculated risk ROI. How are we approaching it? Not launching it too early, having some early adopters in the organization that we, that we can work with and uh, building the right support.
0: Great. Okay. The final thing I I wanted to say, and that we've been talking about where things are going and delivering care the way the patients want it. And as this continues, how do you think the CIO role is going to evolve?
1: I think it's a great time to be a CIO. And with a thought leadership and partnership, we can think through to how to solve many complex problems because we understand systems, but we also need to understand the trends, right? And what, what and how things can be utilized and how do we need to optimize uh, around there? So again, I'm, I'm fortunate to, as part of the senior leadership team, working with the COO and the CAO, you know, I'm able to transform how we communicate to patients I'm able to communicate how our providers are able to work remotely. You know, when we hear about gaps in care or how we need to transform operations, you're able to change a role from kind of being an order taker to really being a solution provider, which is really where it's very interesting. And then as you move past that solution provider and you're starting to work with the vendor space and the vendor community and is seeing how you're adopting and implementing them, um, they get pretty excited, right? In terms of how you're transforming yeah. healthcare, because the the operational folks are really focused on operations, and um, mm-hmm. when you're trying to have something new done. You're saying we're well, adding another new thing to me. Somebody has to have that ability to kind of take that step back, right, and provide the options and the recommendations and the outcomes. So I think that's where you know the modern CIO should be, right? They should look at what is the business initiative, what is the art of the possible. What do we need to incorporate mm-hmm. for our patients so we again deliver to them, you know, quality care that exception that's value based, that is cost effective, that's easy for them to use, that makes our providers happy.
0: Right. Very well said. Um, well, I've really enjoyed this. It's been great to hear from you about what you guys are doing, and um, really appreciate your time.
1: You're welcome. Well, hopefully I was able to answer your questions, Kate, and I hope that the health system sales folks uh, readers find it helpful or at least enjoyable for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com podcast.